Welcome to Paddy Talks, brought to you thanks to Seed Golf Balls, who deliver you affordable to a performance, same performance, half the price. Check them out at www.seedgolf.com and try them today. I played the Seed 2 Pro Plus, which is geared for lower spin from the driver, a lower kind of ball flight, more run out, and gives me an extra check and control around the greens. While I might be out of control, the ball certainly isn't. So it's perfect for the Lynx Golf I'm accustomed to playing. Dean over at Seed keeps telling me to get my order in because they are selling like hotcakes. I hope you're all staying home, staying safe, saving lives, baking with the kids, getting them involved in games, art and crafts, all that jazz. I hope this podcast gives you some enjoyment, take you out of the strain of the day and let you get away for maybe 30 minutes. In recent days and weeks, I've shared my dream, long term, maybe short term, of the golf house, a golfing community, a holistic centre for an end to end experience uh, to introduce kids, people to the game, to enjoy the game, to improve your game, all that jazz under one roof. Check it out. It's at the golf house at the golf HSE on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Starting off things in trying to build a community together in Ireland and abroad with weekly golf sports trivia quizzes this sunday evening check it out on zoom using the kahoot app is masters trivia night so please get involved the zoom room is limited to 100 people so please do get in early on time with 8 30 gmt on this week's show it is the king of fizzy nippers the first time a european tour player has joined the show massive thanks to mr gavin moynihan for taking the time out of his day and setting up his golf cage in the backyard to join us for today's chat But first, before we go anywhere, if you can, wherever you're listening to this podcast, leave a review and check out www.pedagoff.com and join the timesheet. Now it's time to roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Welcome to Paddy Talks. On this week's show is King of Fizzy Nippers himself, Gavin Moynihan. Welcome. How are things? Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, looking forward to it and uh, hope everyone's staying safe. Ah, same as. Uh, we were just talking um, before I pressed record and it's actually one of the questions some people have asked is, what, how are you keeping yourself busy? Um, have you any setup at home? So you're actually describing yeah. what you're at this morning. Yeah, yeah just, I used to have... Um, I'd be kind of, it's a decent sized golf case to be fair we disassembled it about probably just before I went to college back in 14 so it's been the been the garage ever since so I reassembled it this morning it's, it's, it's great we have a, an astro um, astro turf mat and everything out there so it's perfect so clean that down put up the net and then the cage is perfect so it's, it's ideal now so I have the track man here at home and everything so it'll be ideal for especially awesome. for like wedge wedge tests and all the um just keeping your, just keep hitting balls and keeping fresh. Um, because I was hitting it quite well the last you know few weeks. I was in Dubai a few weeks, so, so I was hitting it quite well. I was disappointed. Kenya was called off because just obviously hit a nice bit of form. It's practicing well, scoring well. So just to keep fresh whenever we do start back. No, definitely. How how are you going to go about that? Are you working with a coach and kind of doing it remotely? Trackman is obviously a big yeah, help. Um, yeah, like I I use Trackman a lot when I got it. I got it. Um. When did I get it? About after two and a half years ago now. I used a lot my first six, seven months maybe. That winter I went to Dubai. Like the next winter I used a lot there. But I, I just use it on a Wednesday of a tournament now. But just for these few weeks I will use it a bit because it kind of keeps you 
I find it hard to practice sometimes, but if I get going on that for maybe do three or four wedge tests, do um, the combine tests, suddenly you're out there for an hour and a half. So it just keeps you, just keeps you motivated, keeps you kind of just in tune and kind of make you want to practice as well. So um, I'd be a player, I'd go out and play 27, 36 odds of a code in a buggy instead of practicing for three hours. So um, the track man kind of helps me in that end. No, definitely. Um, one, one question that so I put up on Instagram, whatever else that there'd be a, a certain Irish European tour player come on and do they have any questions? And um, yeah. one, fella, one person obviously guessed it was you and said, uh, assuming it's Gavin, uh, could we have a deep explanation on fizzy nippers, please? <laughs> well, um, ah, the big thing for me, like I've been lucky, like I've been coached by Shannon Grady and the last few years, but I've always had a good short game, but Shane has helped. Like, he's, he's very good at short game. If, um, even though I've been known for my good short game, I was struggling a bit a few years ago, and he helped me out big time. But fizzy nippers is really just get yourself a fresh wedge. <laughs> That's a big thing for me. I've always I've been lucky. I've been lucky with tightness since I was about probably sixteen. So they're um, they've been they've been great. So that's um, obviously a fresh wedge is key for that because obviously the pressure face kind of lots more spin. But it's all angle of attack, speed, like I can get a lot of spin. I mean, like Shane, Shane Larry is probably the best, probably is the best short game in the world in my opinion. So watching him pitch down the last kind of two, three years getting to know him, it's, it's unbelievable how he does it. Like I'm a rookie compared to him. So um, yeah, it's just... I don't know, just, I saw uh, you in action. I saw you in action in Hedford last year. So I, uh, <laughs> we're born to pick no, that. Like it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all speed, speed, speed and timing is the big thing for that. But, um, and practice, practice the big thing. Like I enjoy practicing, pitching and chipping and, all that, like I, like I only go to the range with my orange or driver unless I'm getting terrible. So I, I go to the short area for two, three hours, no problem. So that's that's where it is. Just practice simple stuff. <laughs> There's definitely something to be learned there. Go to the short game area if, if you can, and, and avoid battering drivers yeah. or range for hours on end. Yeah. Um. Just just on wedges there, because I listened to um, podcast called Earn Your Edge, and they had Aaron Dillon, who's Mr. Titus Wedge, and he's explained oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I know. In, SM6 and SM8. Now, not to get too technical, but do you look for differences like that in the wedges coming out in terms of what's to be gained here, yeah. especially on short game and spin and speed, like you were mentioning? Uh, not, not really, to be honest. I wouldn't be technical on that side. I wouldn't be technical at all, to be honest. If I, like my, the driver and, and the stuff I use, even the wedges, like if I start hitting the mice, I don't even want to know what shots and I don't even know what grip. I don't know what swing weight, anything. I'm just I'm hitting the well, I'm hitting the well. So, I probably wouldn't look into the wedges a bit more. The fact you're going to use them a bit more, like yeah. if you're going, to, if you're playing playing well on a standard, like a standard enough course where there's a few short par fours, just four par fives, they're going to have probably probably ten, ten wedge shots. And as even if you miss it a drive, you chip out, and you have 110 to up and down for a par. So wedges is where it's at really. So that's why I practice um, probably 80 percent of my time there. So that's um, yeah, that's huge for me really. No, hundred percent. And just well, that's one more question from the from the Motley crew before we get into like the, the way this podcast generally flows. And that is because you're spending seventy eight percent of your time chipping. Keith Ford is asking, what is the best way to practice chipping? He's playing a five, but it's like the worst part of his game. Um, similar to myself, really. Uh, yeah, um, practice chipping be just. I've been lucky. We've had a, like down the island. We've had a good short game area over the last few years. It's actually getting dug up now at the moment because we're redoing the course but um, even just on the course as well let's just do three four different spots like obviously different lies is a big thing like testing the lies how it's going to come out if it's going to overspin top spin if it's going to 
kind of spin a bit, but just practicing wise it'll be par eighteen is a great one. I use that a lot. Um just nine shots up and down to see how many go up and down. Um and then just it's just trying to find little games in your head to try and make it competitive because anyone can go out there and just chip like hit chip balls, chip balls, chip balls, you're not really getting any feedback. So um yeah, just trying to find little games and just work on the strike. Strike is the big thing. That that can determine your shot really so um, that's probably the biggest thing I'd say yeah 100% parry team myself and Keelan did that up in Carrick and it's not as easy as it sounds I tell you no no it's a <laughs> tough game that yeah a tough game that yeah when you're, <laughs> especially when you're left with 10 foot putts like I am um, <laughs> <laughs> right we'll get we'll get stuck into a bit of chat then so like um, in terms of golfing for you what would be your earliest golfing memory Gavin um Probably when I was about the year of golf memory is not the new golf. I was actually watching Tiger when he chipped in that one on the ghost side, just took up the game like a tree a few weeks before. Remember that chip yeah. in on sixteen? Um I was about ten maybe at the time, maybe nine or nine maybe. Um and uh yeah, like one of the lads, one of my good friends actually lucky enough, he lives across the road from Dunabe Golf Club where I was a member before the island. Literally across the road from the driving range, literally ten steps across the road and you're there. So um, I played a lot of Gaelic and hurling, and we just decided to go to the. There was a lesson every uh, Sunday morning that was with uh, Hugh Jackson, and um, yeah, just ever since me and him went over, went to about seven or eight of them, and then he kind of didn't like it at all, and I stuck with it, and then um, yeah, I just joined up, and that's how I got got into golf really. Back in the end of the day, there, yeah. Spot on, and hitting, I suppose, the amateur scene in Ireland. When you got to that level, what were you playing off when you started playing in like the, the likes of the South and the West and the Irish Close and the Irish Amateur? Yeah, believe it or not, like I only played, I played in the West, I think, twice. I never played in the North, never played in the South. I played the East of Ireland once, and that was it really, because I played, it happened to be all the inter, what was it? There's a lot of the boys' stuff was on, like in those times, like the European boys, in the pros was on before the South, so you'd be wrecked, so you'd never go. North would be European, so I'd be wrecked. I wouldn't go. And then I played Irish Am only. Never played the Irish close either because of exams. And then I, I played the Irish Am four times, won it twice, and lost in the playoff. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad, not, not a bad, um, not a bad. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Looking down, just looking through the years, I've played in hardly any of the championships really, which is amazing. Like the men's championships, I played in all the under 15s and the boys stuff. Loud. I played probably. Three of each, yeah, three years in their 15s and then three years in their 18s. And I never won any of them. That's why, like, when I won the Irish Ham in 2012, I was only I was 17. 17. And, like, yeah. I never won a, I'd come second loads of times and the other one second, loads of top fives and just never won one. Jack Hume would always get me or Alex Deason won a few. Um, so it was just, um, it was amazing to think my first, like, win in Ireland was the, was the biggest one, which was, that took me by surprise completely. So, so, in terms of playing boys under 15s, 18s, what, what was the handicap then if, if that was, and playing Europeans, was the handicap in the process at that stage? Um, I, got to, I got to scratch when I was, I think it was 16 maybe. I remember, yeah, I think it was 16. I was in fourth year maybe in school. And then, but I think when I won the Irish Island, it was maybe plus two maybe or something. Um, you know, handicap, handicap is never a big deal for me. It shouldn't really be a big thing for anyone like, once you're below. If you're in the championships, like some lads, like lads down the years, are just so consumed by their handicap. Like honestly, it means nothing. So, 
when you're at that level. So like anyone can shoot 68 or anyone can shoot 82. So um, it's just on the day really. And it's like still still the same now. Anyone can, like all the pros you see lads, lads can shoot 65 and obviously but it's just it's keeping them bad rounds. I am. Um, at bay really especially in amateur golf is keeping them the rounds like can go to 78 77 keeping them around 72 so you'll challenge them especially in the amateur golf so uh, yeah handicap for me has never has never been a big issue at all really it's more about keeping the blow up hole off the card yeah it's still the same today still the same today so um <laughs> i was speaking for myself uh, <laughs> yeah no it's still the same for everyone <laughs> but um no no it's just back then it was uh yeah, I was off. When I turned pro in the end, I got the plus six for all of us. Myself, Dunner, Gary Hurley, Jack Hume, and I think Sharvin were all plus five or six, which was amazing when we turned pro that time at the Walker Cup in 15. So, um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's never been an issue for me, really. I have two questions around that, really. is One is Walker Cup itself, and the second is the reason to turn pro. So, seeing as one came before the other, <laughs> Walker Cups, 2013-2015, being selected. So did you know you were being yeah. selected in 13? Would you, have, would you have had a good idea? Or was it out of the um, in, in 13, it was a big, uh, a big surprise, to be honest, because I did my leaving cert that year. Didn't play any golf until... I played in the Irish Army. I got one week off. It was in May. Um, that's it. Like, convinced my parents to let me off for, like, 10 days to go practice and play. I ended up losing the playoffs somehow. I was playing horrendous before the event. Went in and the draw Dublin's just so hard, so... It's just a grind, so um, so I got in the playoff there. Robbie kind of won in the end, but I was like, I was delighted just to make the cut even because I was playing no golf then. Yeah, just had a great match play, like kind of summer. Um, played Europeans, homes. I don't think I was beat in singles, which is probably the huge one for me there. So, and Nigel Edwards, who was the captain, was there at all, and and um, got to have a few chats with him during those few months, and then got the call and the day after the homes, I couldn't believe it, to be honest, because the fact it was in America. And I was going to college then, literally a few weeks. And I was actually in college. I would be in college at the time and then flying up to New York. So, um, yeah, it was amazing, to be honest. It, was, it probably still is the best trip I've, I've ever been on. That whole trip, it was unbelievable. Um, we played we played Pine Valley. We played Bayonne. Uh, we got rained out at Shinnecock, which was unfortunate. We were looking forward to that one. But um, US Open tennis, we went to one of the baseball games to Yankee Stadium. So it was just, it was the best trip ever. And I, I actually played really well that trip. I was, I was, the team obviously didn't play great, but I think I got two and a half out of four, which I was absolutely delighted with. So um, it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, with that team, if you look at that team, you had <coughs> Justin Thomas, Patrick Rogers, yeah. Max Homa. It wasn't, there was no slackers in there. No, no, the US team, the US team that year was very strong. Like, I actually got to practice a bit with Justin because he had just left Alabama where I went to. And then the few weeks leading up to it, and then we ended up getting paired together the first day. Me and Kevin uh, Freeland took on him and uh, Patrick Rogers. So it was a fairly lighthearted game. It was fairly relaxed. The boys played well coming in. But um, it was, um, yeah, it was the US team the whole way through was, was very, very strong now. So, um, and the same with ourselves. We just, the course was just very tough. National, it was, as I said, it's the best trip I've ever been on. But honestly, it's, I don't think I'd ever play a better course than that. It was just so good. Um, the way it was set up, it was firm, fast. So like a US Open early, I'd say. But um, the crowds were great. So it was um, the whole trip was, was class, yeah. And before we get on to the 2015 Walker Cup, uh, because you've mentioned Alabama, what was the decision there to do college in Alabama versus maybe here in Ireland? Um, 
big thing. It was just the weather is a big thing. Um, the facilities, and then the, honestly, the thing that picked it for me, like I, I had a few colleges in mind. I think I was always going to go there at some point, but the way I went to Alabama was the strength of the team. They were num- like they're a top five for the last few years leading up to it, and then Justin had just left, and I mean a few. Myself and Robbie Shelton were coming in. Myself and Shelton played together when he was American. We played against each other in the played Junior Ryder Cup in 2012. And the coach, Jay Sewell, was there. So he kind of had a small chat with both of us. And then emails going back and forth. And then went on the visit and then decided to go there. It was just the strength of the college. Like, even if you weren't playing, the lads you were practicing with were just were the best of the best. So it was a very kind of easy decision in the end. But coming home was very hard because I stayed there for probably a year and a half just over a year and a half and just I just wasn't playing good simple as that and I come home and I was playing really well I won a few things the summer I came home and then went back out and started playing terrible again so I came home I think just before Christmas in four, 14 15 maybe 14 was and uh, yeah just it was a tough decision but I, I really enjoyed it I told everyone who's ha- who has a chance to go to America definitely go because the worst thing you can do is come home like I did and be shit some lads I know, they're going, oh, I wish I went, I wish I went, and then exactly like that. So it's um, it's probably the best decision I ever made going because the standard of golf is, you can see why lads just go from straight from college, like the likes of Matthew Wolf and Morikow and all them lads, just literally just straight into it because more than likely the college courses are tougher than PJ Tour courses and them lads are shooting 12 to 15 under on them courses. So um, you can see why. Yeah, they're a different level. I think it was um, Chris Seppers or maybe Keenan last week. Um, saying just surround yourself with you know um, competition and high performing people and you're, you're automatically going to raise the, the bar yourself so there's definitely an element in that yes so um, no. you came back over and you were playing World Cup 2015 with five yeah. people from the island of Ireland um, yeah. all, of, all of which have turned pro bar Jack Hume from Nace um, yeah. Donners Gary yourself Cormac uh, and Jack. What was that like having, yeah. I suppose, the majority of the team? So you would have probably played golf with them for years. Oh, yeah, sure. No, I've probably known probably Jack and Gary the longest out of all the three. Of all the five, I mean, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it was unbelievable. It was, yeah, it was class. Like, we're all, we all had a great year that year. We'd all won something of some form and then we just it's just consistency what up isn't about obviously it's about winning something during that year but I think it's about consistency you want someone you know will turn up on the big week so um, which we'd all shown that so um, no it was unbelievable the crowds were amazing because uh, so many people from Gary's course West Waterford came over a good few that loud lads younger lads from the island came over um, good crew from Nice good crew from Greystones a great crew from uh, Ard Lassabelle so it was, it was top class and obviously to win was just unbelievable because the American team again was very very strong and they had a few lads never from like Shambo, they had Maverick McNeely the few other lads from on tour now um, and the course suited us to be honest I don't think I don't think we're ever going to get beat in that course it's just lit them so hard and the fact we we all played it numerous times as well so it's um, yeah, it was just an unbelievable week yeah. still definitely stood to you you turned pro the day after yeah, yeah. Um, I knew I would. Um, I knew it was obvious. If you see a few lads turning pro after each walk up anyway. So the fact I played two, I, I'd won numerous things. Like it was just I had nothing really else to do. Like I'd won Irish, I'd won Scottish, I'd 
consistent in Europeans. I'd played the World Am a few times. Um, so there's nothing really else to, to stick around for, really. So, um, yeah, played Italian Open next week. Got an invite, but didn't really play great. I was honestly, looking back, I shouldn't have played that tournament. I should have taken a week off and played whatever was coming up or just rest for Q-Skill. But just to play in something and just see see what I was like. The big tournament, there was big crowds. It was all new. So, it was, um, looking back, I shouldn't have played, but it kind of helped me in a way to get ready for bigger events in a way. Just don't know what to expect, really. So, I... We don't need to go to every single tournament um, <laughs> over the last three or four years. Yeah. I suppose one thing that I suppose um, I wouldn't have insight into, but I've I would understand has been quite difficult is the is getting through Q school, and you've gone through it a couple of times. Um, yeah. Can you describe? I suppose the first time what your expectation was because what is it? It's seven rounds, is it? There's stage one, um, stage two, and the finals. Yeah, six rounds in the final, and then um, yeah, obviously it depends how how far you have to come through. If, like for a second, third of the that's incredible. There's probably one or two lads that do that each year, which I think is amazing. So, um, but yeah, Q school is just one of them. It's just a tough week. But the first year I I got through in seventeen, yeah, seventeen. It was probably the most laid back week for me ever on a golf course since I turned pro, because I just missed my card on the Challenge Tour. Um. There's just a few weeks previous, I finished 19th on the money list. And uh, so basically, whatever happened to Q School, it was only beneficial to me really if I finished top three, really, because the top three, you could get the odd Rolex event. Anyone below that, you're going to get into pretty much the same. Like the fifth place will probably get in the same as the 20th. So I just said, like, go for it here. If you don't get through, you're only going to lose, you're only going to lose like maybe 15 spots from where you finished the Challenge Tour on the, on the ranking for next year. So I just went for everything. And then, um, Ended up coming down very tight. I was cruising the last round as well. I played literally the whole week. Right? So I played well the whole. 17 is probably still the best I've ever played since I've turned pro. That whole year was very good. Um, but yeah, that last few holes, man, Jesus. Um, I, just, I made, did my best to mess it up. I, was, I think it was three inside, maybe. Bogeyed. Yeah, it was three inside. And then, and then it actually moved. I went like bogey two of the last four. I had a up and down for par and one of them as well. And then the, it actually went up to 13 under. It was 12 under when I was on 14 and actually went to 13. So he just just scraped on the last. Had to, had to you know, hold a six-footer to get me a card, which was on a par five after being in about 210 out for two, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was probably – you can see why all those stories down the years, Q school, yeah, it's just you don't want to be there. Simple as that really is. It is. It's different pressure because it's your whole year – if you're on one hole or one shot nearly so difference of playing 20 European four rounds. yeah that's what it is like so it's that's why it's uh like obviously my having a put to make a quarter having a put to finish top 10 or having a put to win honestly nothing compares to that really and that six footer i know it's a couple of years ago now did you know it at the time that that was the put to make your pretty yeah, much make your season yeah, the next year, yeah yeah i asked the boy there's lads on the walking around me lads from ism management company that I asked them like do I need to birdie this do I need a par and they go yeah par is good and I was like alright not going to set me down then hit decent second shot poor pitch came out dead and then hit the hit the like I left it just in the fringe hit the first one about 6 foot short from about 25 feet and then somehow knocked it in <laughs> <laughs> that's far on so um, yeah can you describe what it was like um, winning the European Tour event with one of your mates Donors. Yeah. Um yeah, that was that was a 
that was the class week. Honestly, like I wasn't playing good the whole the whole season at all. I missed. I think I missed maybe eight or nine, ten cuts in a row on main four. I missed them by about one or two. Most of them, I hadn't really had a bad like a blow up tournament. I just kept missing by one or two. It was very frustrating. So I was playing okay, but just couldn't get out out of it. And then when I went to that up to century and for that tournament it was it was great because it was like playing amateur golf again it was like um we're playing europeans or homes or something so we good practice for your fairly chilled out so as soon as we got home we just started playing really well like i started hitting my arms really well that we could got a little sent a few videos home to shane and uh shannon grady and he uh spotted out one or two things in my arms which has been a bit off and then suddenly i started hitting them lovely Gunnar did miss a putt the whole two days like honestly he didn't miss one um and then some we, we played great, especially the second that we played great. Um, and then the final, we just cleaned the French lads out. I think we're five under for the few holes we played. Five under for the five holes we played. So, just game over then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hit them hard, hit them early. Not it. Yeah. Don't run yeah. yeah. Good GA tactics there. <laughs> Coming into 2019, um, Euro, I suppose, one of the Irish players I kind of. Um, Note at the start of the year as to it was going to be a good year for her, and it was it was strong enough, especially towards the end. Performing really well in France, yeah. um, really trending up in in form. Was that down to any particular, um, I suppose, structure from week to week, or mentality, or was it just pure outfield? Um, well, the whole twenty nineteen, like it was, it was much better than twenty eighteen. So, um, I just, I'd only one good tournament twenty eighteen, which was Valderrama at the end of the year. I finished. I think it's top ten, which was I was delighted with. But kind of helped me into into twenty nineteen. And a few good events earlier. Finished well in Oman. Um, somewhere else finished somewhere. Denmark was decent as well. Um, so was a, there were signs there. But then the whole it was just again there was a few cuts I missed by one or two, especially in bigger events that kind of hurt me just in the long run. Because suddenly you make a cut there and you have a good weekend, you jump up to twentieth, and then it makes your it makes keeping your card a lot easier. So. Well, yeah, France at the end of the year was probably as soon as I played a practice round there, I just knew I was going to have a good week because the course was so hard. And obviously, watching the Ryder Cup as well, I knew some of the holes, knew some of the shots um, from watching the whole week's golf as well. So, um, but it's just it was like amateur golf again. It was just like level par one under was a good score. Like most weeks, shot be four, five, six under is a good score. But literally that week, level or one under was a great score. So, um, I was delighted with that event. Played my first finish, what top five? So. It was um yeah very kind of it was big for my kind of mental side of it as well. Look, I knew I could have a like honestly I still left you out there and still finished fifth, so that's why I took away from it. I still left probably especially this the Saturday I think I shot two under and I ripped it and missed a lot of putts. So um finishing top five and leaving shots out there was um a big uh, a big boost for like, the old morale. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something about tougher courses that you just relish? Yeah, because it goes again. Like my short game, be definitely my best part of the game. So if I do, if of course demands like a lot, and you know you're gonna miss greens, I can kind of depend on that. So like Valderrama and like off national, I wish you could play them courses every week. I tell you, um, <laughs> so I'd um yeah, just tougher courses. It's always been like that. I've always been like growing up on the island. Like there's not many tougher links courses there. If you get a two, three flood wind, suddenly if you shoot thunder around there with a bit of wind, you're you can pretty saucy. much go anywhere, so yeah, exactly. You just you can play anywhere, so it's um, yeah, just. So once uh, once we're all out of our golf cages and we've um 
driven tracks and are putting mats and we're all able to go back outside. Um, you're on a mix of European Tour and Challenge Tour this year, is that right? Yeah, I'll be flying. Well, it'll obviously be different now because a lot of lads will want to play when we do start up again. A lot of lads want to play more than they probably would have planned. So um, it's just hard to know when the season... I don't think I'll be shocked if we start. The Challenge Tour won't go ahead, I don't think, because they've already cancelled a lot of tournaments. So the main tour, it's very hard to say because the UK is getting quite bad and they're something they've done here at the end of the year that won't go ahead probably you went for France and Italy are in lockdown so I'd be shocked if anything really gets going on I think it'll just be a write off here and just have to just have to it's just the way it is isn't it there's nothing really you can do so um, yeah. but we'd like to start playing like, like July or August would be probably the be the best case scenario I think but um, I just hope it gets better here because then we can start playing the course again because like honestly a few weeks ago it was fine They'd taken the right measures. They'd take, I was shocked now when they shut the courses, but now seeing how bad it's got everywhere else and the lockdown and all that, you kind of have to shut them. But um, I just hope it gets better here quick so we can uh, get back out playing because obviously the air went back the other day. <laughs> exactly. We're slightly getting better. So so you just want to get it, just get out there and play again. <laughs> I'll stop. I, I, I'm looking out the window here at Craigstown Golf Club. At, so I, every time I walk past the window, I see a golf course. So it's like slow torture. <laughs> Every day, awesome. uh, <laughs> looking at a perfectly manicured practice range or the little practice wedge wow. range here, so it is slow yeah. torture. Like, we're thinking of all the, the gains I could be making over everybody else, but I'm actually physically yeah. not allowed to act in the door. So, I can only imagine what it's like for you guys when you read this competition and paint it the levels you do. In yeah, no, it's just the fact we oh, go ahead, go no, ahead. no, go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, it's just no, it's just the fact we're um, as you're saying there, you're, you want to get back playing, it's just the fact that I was coming home. I played, I think, five or six events the last since January, really. And you're practicing and playing Dubai for the last few weeks, and suddenly you're in lockdown, and you're 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 um you don't know when you're going to play again. Just the practice you were getting in was quite good. I started hitting it well, as I said, and now you're kind of you don't know when you're going to get back. So it's just you can nearly come back stale. So for all the lads who just just keep just keep uh, chipping and putting and just um to keep your swing kind of in tune and just when you come back you don't want to feel like you have to go practice for two weeks to get it back to where you were so and just keep the it's obviously different for everyone who like i'm lucky i have that net now so but i'm just just everyone to keep kind of keep fresh absolutely so we'll go back to a question here that was asked what's the best shot you've hit under pressure what tournament was it do you remember the hole even um under pressure um Oh wow! Um, let me think. We have probably it was, again. Obviously, last year in the French Open, probably there was a. It was a shot. It's probably into eighteen, the third round. It's probably it's probably not my best shot, but it's under the most pressure, probably because I had a good round going. It was an iffy lie, pins in the front of that kind of you know that green, the island green. It's like I think I was hitting six iron. It took us ages to hit the shot. We didn't know how the ball was going to come out, and then it hit this like high, kind of just two yard side six iron. It came down to about probably 10, 12 feet, just to the front pin, a little ball, which was I just I didn't think I'd get it there. To be honest, I thought 30, 40 feet long was a great shot, but they come out 10, 12 feet, just now on double or triple was was very uh, much in the picture out of that light. So that's probably the best shot I can think of under pressure, like recently, but. Um, Amateur golf was probably the I hit a three wood into the seventeenth of Royal Dublin 
my first one a year the year I won it, I won by one, I think. And uh it was so windy that round. I hit three wood from one nine eight to about five feet and made the push for birdie to win by one. Yeah. I played I played with Harry Diamond that day and I played with Dan Housing. And I remember going out that day like you were driving. You're like I hit it nowhere back then. I was only seventy hit honestly hit it nowhere. Harry was hitting probably forty yards outside me. And I hit a drive down the sixth hole, I went about 410. I'd say Harry hit it about 440 down there, the sixth, the par five. Man, it was so windy. It was ridiculous. And it, I think we start, Harry, Harry, yeah, Harry was leading the tournament, I think level or two under, going into the last two rounds, on like that was two rounds the last day. And I think I won with seven over. <laughs> <laughs> that's what tells you right there. But that's probably the best shot I've hit, probably that, that three that I still remember it so well. Just like a punchy draw into about six foot and made it. So. That's probably the best shot I've ever hit. Oh, smashing. Given that um, tour tail is something that's going around on social media, it's fantastic. What, what would be your tour tail? Oh, um, I mean, I'm only it could be a Walker Cup and tail. Two years. <laughs> or an Alabama um, tail. <laughs> the Alabama, I can't say you that. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Alabama um, stays in Bama, yeah. <laughs> Um, let me see. Walker Cup. Honestly, don't really have like on tour. It hasn't been much because I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Nothing's really mad happened to be honest. Um, Walker Cup. Nothing really from Walker Cup. I can think of either. We we just had a great setup in Walker Cup the first year. Um, we stayed at in twenty thirteen. We had um one of the obviously uh, national golf links on Long Island, and we stayed some. Honestly, one of the richest guys in New York put us put us up for the week in his house, in the huge house. Made five guest houses around the house with a pitching green, swimming pool, gym, home cinema, everything. And um, that's why, as I said, it's just, that's why it's the best the best trip I've ever been on. We obviously played all all those great courses, but just staying in that house, I think for about seven was it six seven days we stayed there. And man, it was unbelievable. Like this this lad just wanted. He's about Steve was about probably seventy at the time. And just love golf and just he'd be in with us, having the team meetings, he'd come in, have dinner with us, he'd go chip with us, and then um, he was he was out for, he was cheering for he's American, he was cheering for us the whole week, the GB and I team. So um that was great. Honestly the best um yeah, that's why it was the best few days we, we ever uh, even still to this day because Matt Fitzpatrick would tell you the same it was probably one of the best trips. Um who else on that team was Kev Feeling would all say it's the best trip I've ever been on. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, we're at the part of the show now where it's the, it's the real interview, which is the quickfire Q&A. So um, mm. are you ready for this one, Gab? This is, every, most people have told me they fast forward just to this piece. So this is the real important bit. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what, was your, what was your walk on song be, Gavin Moynihan? Um, it would probably be, I'm a huge Avicii song, uh, Avicii, um, I love Avicii, so it would probably be Levels from him back in the day 2012 when it came out last June Smashing. gym or pizza ah pizza 100% hat visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat oh it's probably a bucket hat because keep the odd red hair away from the sun you know nice <laughs> I've seen you wear a few you pull it off though you pull it off do you you wear some of those like massive sombrero style ones <laughs> banging hats <laughs> happy Gilmore or Tink Cup. Have me get more. I can, I can recite the whole film. That's very easy. Guinness, Guinness, Guinness or Heineken? Heineken. 
Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Port Marnock. Walk or cart? Cart, 100%. <laughs> Win the math. Well, when you're playing 27 holes, I'd take a cart. <laughs> win the Masters or win the Open? Uh, the Open. Drive it like Dustin Johnson or would you prefer to drive it like Zach Johnson? Uh, Dustin Johnson. It's <laughs> a no-brainer really. I'm, I'm pretty much, that, that question is delinquent this day, pretty much. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, yeah, Instagram, they'll use it more probably, yeah. Play or practice? Play. Smashing job. You must um, upload a few pictures now and videos of that, um, of the combine and of that golf cage you have in the backyard. And we all look, we all look, I might take you on in a money game in the island once we're allowed back out. Wouldn't be yeah, a lot of money now. Give it a show. <laughs> 50 a hole then, perfect. That's grand, that's grand. The sponsorship is rolling in for this podcast, but absolutely. <laughs> Best stuff, Gavin. Thanks a million for your time. No problem, thanks. Thanks to Gavin for his time. Really good insight into life as a tour pro, playing purely on feel, the science behind a fizzy nipper, and that numbers aren't all of that. Mind you, uh, seeing his latest posts on Instagram, he's definitely dialing in the numbers in that golf cage out the back. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do leave a review wherever you're listening to it. Do check out at the Golf House trivia sports quiz it's all around the masters this sunday so please join in check out the profiles on facebook twitter instagram all that jazz about how to join in we'd love to see you there it's a bit of crack it's about half an hour thank you for pressing play please share this show with your family and friends until we teed up again soon i'm patty (laughs) 